this is a great segue into talking about what's on the table for today. Um, Pastor Wade, talk to us. What's on the table for the day, Doc? Well, listen, before we knew all of this was coming together, we we felt we wanted to highlight um, a ministry that was there to be, especially while I was in um, mid-America, um, serving as the, the Adventist Community Service Disaster Response Director for the union. Uh, but uh, community service is not something new to the Adventist Church. It's not something new to a lot of our viewers and listeners. Today, we want to talk about how we serve in the community. All right. And uh, Dr. Henry, who do we have at the table today, man? Well, listen, at the table, I tell you, you know, every time we come to the pastor's roundtable, we got some heavy hitters at the table. I'm going <laughs> to first mention Pastor Mark Tamalea. Look, what? this is the pastor's pastor, man. This man is out there. He is doing community service. Right now, he currently serves as one of the pastors at the New Haven Church, and he is doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, there's something else that Pastor Tamalea does. He he thinks he could play a little basketball. Yeah, uh -oh, game. Uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. But but he's, he's just a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful man of God. And then, you know, you can't talk about community service without talking about Derek Lee. I mean, this, this man is just um, powered up, doing a wonderful job in the community services department, North American Division. Blessings to have him. And we are excited about his session today as we talk about uh, community services. All right. Well, hey, let's bring them on. Gentlemen, welcome. We are excited and pleased and blessed to have you both with us here today at the Pastor's Round Table. Um, we know that we didn't tell everybody everything about you. So just after uh, Pastor Wade offers us a word of prayer as we get started, we're going to give you just a, a couple of seconds here to just greet the, uh, the audience and just share with them anything that you'd like to share with them about yourself, about where you are, what you're doing at this uh, juncture in your ministry. Pastor Wade, would you open us up, Doc, with a word of prayer? Okay, Pastor uh, Henry, Dr. Henry, would you open us up? Well, Pastor Wade, is, <laughs> is, he bounced out for a second. All right. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, Father, you have just given us this uh, wonderful platform to talk about um, issues within our church and, and just let us know what, what we're doing so that we can offer relief in various areas. And as we deal with community services, Bless us, God. Bless the conversation. And we ask God that this not just be a conversation, but that we will actually do something as a result of this conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, gentlemen, um, we're right. going to start with uh, Pastor Mark and uh, then go to uh, Pastor Derek and just say we're going to give you, uh, see, these are preachers again, and we have preachers. we got to shorten the time. We're going to give you 39.10 seconds, uh, uh, Pastor Mark, to just share with our audience, say hello, greet them, anything that you want to share. The time is yours, sir. Yes, sir, man. First of all, thank you guys. What an honor and a privilege to be on the pastor's round table and uh you know just to share a little bit about myself uh long time educator uh 17 years in uh education in our adventist system and uh privileged now to have the honor of pastoring and so that's what i do now i'm in a local church now as a youth pastor awesome awesome so Amen. glad to have you um pastor lee Time is yours, sir. 
Well, good afternoon and blessed Sabbath to you all. And I apologize for uh, some of the background uh, music you may be hearing. I'm actually at a church right now and um, um, they've got uh, some things happening here. Uh, this is an active church in uh, Southern New England. And so that's what you hear. So I apologize for that. I think that's where the sound was coming from. But uh, I feel a little uh, uh, out and I hope I, it wasn't uh, missold. Um, I'm actually not a pastor. Uh, I'm serving in this role. Uh, I actually came from uh, the fire service. I'm a former fire chief. And um, having worked uh, in the fire department in Prince George's County, uh, I served there for uh, over 20 years. And then after which I got into disaster relief work and the Seventh-day Adventist Church, my church, asked if I would come and uh, lead uh, Adventist Community Services. And so uh, it's been a, a different route than most people that have been in this role uh, before me, but uh, we are privileged to serve uh, and have been for the last, uh, I guess, four years uh, that we've been with Adventist Community Services. Wow, Thank you. that's different, uh, gentlemen. Hey, look, that's a, that's a <laughs> denominational employee that, yes, is, that is not a pastor, y'all. I want my audience out there. Look, there, there's room. There's room. That, that's exciting to see. Absolutely. 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 All right. Well, we're uh, glad to have you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, we're just going to go ahead and jump into our first question for today. Okay, yeah. let's take it. So uh, we're dealing with this disaster response. You know, we're exploring this ministry and uh, we know that we are living in challenging times. So, uh, so many people have concepts now of what Adventist community services, disaster response, uh, what do they do? What do these institutions do? Give us just an overview of the work of this of the ACS or Adventist Community Services and disaster relief or disaster response, and then we want you to say we want you to talk about millennials um, because you know just based on you know just evidence uh, just observing millennials don't see the traditional you know Adventist Community Services and disaster uh, response as a ministry for them. You know, that, that, that's what some people seem to say. That's what they suggest. Millennials don't see this as a traditional ministry. So what are some ways church leadership can attract millennials? All right, we're going to pass it over to Derek first. And Dr. Henry, I, I, I think somebody out there wants to know, whatever happened to the, why, why'd y'all get rid of the Dorcas Society? Um, sorry, <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate the question. And um, let me say, if millennials are asking that question, that means we have not done a good job of representing who we are and what we do. Understand our mission, our mission, and I want you to listen to our mission statement, serving communities in Christ's name. That is Adventist Communities' mission statement. And I think it encapsulates what we try to do as an organization. Um, uh, I'll give you an example right here. I'm in uh, Southern New England right now, and we have outside right now uh, uh, one of the uh, resources that we have in Adventist Community Services. It's actually a, um, it's called Showers of Blessing. Mm. It was created mm. in New York City. The reason it was created was 
we looked around. Uh, we had some uh, individuals that were, were in New York City, and they looked around and they said, wow, there are so many needs here. How can we possibly meet all of them? And the answer is you can't. What they did was they identified a particular area of need that was in the city itself. And I just walked through this showers of blessing. It has four showers on it hmm. that the homeless community is using each and every week. We're actually taking that van out to the city and we actually give showers to the individuals that actually live right there on the streets. And so what did they do? They identified a need came up with a resource that would meet that need. And now every single week, that van is in the city wow. of New York City servicing people that have a need. That is a ministry wow. right there. That's and so awesome. the challenge that we have in every community that we are located is identifying what is the need in your particular community. Now, the way it looks in New York City, is not the way that it should look in Bozeman, Montana. It should be completely different because there are different needs in that particular community. And that's the challenge that we have as Adventist, at Adventist Community Services. That's the challenge that we have as a church is identifying what the needs are and then figuring out how are we going to help the community address that need. Ah, wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, one of the things that we found that, um, at least here in my local church, and I'll, I'll speak in the context of a local church, I think one of the challenges that, you know, being in several churches over the years, uh, one of the challenges, is if you don't have anything going and you're trying to start something up, I think that it has been a challenge when you go straight to a millennial and you say, we need you to do this, but there's no type of structure in place. So what I have found, what has been very helpful is that those with a passion for community services, they just begin. You've just got to start. You cannot wait for anyone. If you are the one with the passion, you've got to move forward with that. And what that will do, it will help you create this structure that over time will begin to build momentum that will be attractive so that they can see, you know, I think sometimes the challenges can be, it's like, man, I don't want to start that because that's a lot of work, but somebody has to do it. And if anybody gets it started and I, and I'm privileged to be able to talk about what we've done here at this church, you know, eventually the vision catches on not only for our young people, not only for our millennials, but everyone that's within the church. And if I could add to that, if I could add to that, and I appreciate what the good pastor just said, and, and I, I, I appreciate the go out there and get it started. The challenge that I have uh, uh, put out there for my Adventist community services leaders is to identify those people that are doing that. And we've got some resources that can help you do it better. And so mm. th th that's where we're at. And, and, and in my mind, I just got put uh, at the helm here as executive director of Adventist Community Services about a month and a half ago. 
Uh, uh, They asked me to serve in this role. And that is where we are going. That is what I have challenged my leaders with. And so I'm asking that those individuals that have gone out there and done what the good pastor just asked of them, link up with your Adventist Community Services Conference leader, and we will find a way to assist you in doing what you are trying to do. Wow. Derek, if I, if I can comment on what he just said, um, man, I echo that so much because Derek, one of the things, and we've been, we've been blessed because of this, these people here in this church, man, you know, they started this ministry and when the pandemic hit, they were just doing what started 10 years ago that started in a little closet So what happened was they just started serving the community and get this Adventist community services was not a part of it. It wasn't until somebody found out what was happening over here and somebody knew the resources uh, that Adventist community service is as an institution. They paired us up. And we continue to partner together. So you hit that right on the head. And I hope that this is a call out to those who are out there that you don't. You ready for this, Derek? Come on. Here's your plug. You don't got to do this alone. You don't have to be alone in the local church. Hey, where's the music? Got to play some music behind that. You don't have to do this alone. Wow. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. So listen. Yeah, and, and, oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. was going to say just one thing. I want to add. He mentioned the pandemic, and we got to certainly we want to talk about that. You know, when the pandemic hit, we were not sure how this was going to look. We were not sure how we were going to deal with this. And I just want to let you know that your Adventist Community Services opened over fifteen hundred food pantries wow. around the North American division. Over 1,500s. As a matter of fact, just this week on the 19th, August 19th, uh, Yahoo News uh, 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 was talking about how America had responded to the pandemic. And they mentioned five organizations that had responded with food. And do you know that Adventist Community Services got a mention? We were wow. one options that is, uh, they called us a player in food prov- uh, provide providing food during this pandemic that's adventist community services i'm not saying that we can do everything but there are some things that we can and are doing right now now we've got to expand there there is more that we can do and my hope is is that we've got good people like the uh, good pastor mark just mentioned that are out there doing the work let's see if we can partner up and help you do what you want to do better. Wow, wow. That's awesome. And it and it's interesting because that's a great segue into that that last comment um Derek is a great segue into my next question. And and that has to do with oftentimes when we see disasters and when we see catastrophes happen all around the world, many times particularly our young people, they're going to see the Red Cross, they're going to see United Way, they're going to see um UNICEF, a lot of these other aid agencies and many times as a pastor, young people are going to come to us and say, Pastor, why aren't we there? Amen. 
Um, how come, how come we're not some of the first ones on the ground? Um, and so how do we respond to that? Is that an issue of, of communication of PR? Are we really there and we're just not letting people know? Are we not showing up? Are we late to the party? What, what's happening? How do we respond to that? Okay. If I could, and, and we've got a, we've got a challenge, a particular challenge that is, um, Interesting, and I haven't figured exactly what, what, what we can do about it because it is an issue. So back in 1970, I don't want to give you a history lesson, but back in 1970, mm -hmm. um, there were seven groups that got together and they formed an organization by the name of VOAD, Voluntary mm -hmm. Organizations Active in Disaster. And what these seven organizations uh, got together on, they said, listen, when a crisis event takes place, we're all trying to help the community. But it seems like we're bumping into each other, oh, they said back in 1970. that Those seven were the American Red Cross, Southern Baptist, Salvation Army, St. Vincent de Paul, and a couple of others, one of which was Adventist Community Services. Those were the yeah. seven organizations that got together and said, how can we be more effective in responding to disasters that take place? Well, each of those seven organizations decided that they would specialize in particular areas in recovery. The Red Cross said, we'll take care of sheltering. We'll do that. Southern Baptist said, we'll take care of feeding people. We'll do that. The Seventh-day Adventist Church through Adventist Community Services stepped up and said, we will take care of the warehousing piece, the warehousing piece. So that's why you see all over the country uh, that when disasters take place, we are the ones that do the warehousing. Now, the challenge with warehousing is warehousing serves those that help people that have experienced the crisis. So, for instance, Tennessee right now is affected by some flooding. Mm -hmm. that took place starting last Sabbath, if you may have heard about it on the news, CNN, and that type of thing. Yes. Well, we are there right now doing warehousing. We are running a warehouse for the state of Tennessee. They actually reached out to us because we have a state agreement with them that we will run their warehousing. The challenge with warehousing is you don't get the publicity while running a warehouse. Because yeah. warehouses are camera a, magnets, we know shelter, that. <laughs> well, you open a shelter, everybody knows about it. You feed people, yeah. everybody knows about it. You open a warehouse, you know about it. That's and right. not much else, not many others know about it. And so that's one of the challenges that we have. Now, let me be clear. We're not going to stop warehousing. But my contention is we can expand what we do with the warehousing, we could make sure that we open distribution centers that actually do serve the public one-on-one. -on -one. Because if you just stay in that warehouse, hmm. no one's going to know about the work that you're doing. And because we chose that as our specialty area back in 1970, it has um, detoned some of the work, the good work, the needful work, that we are doing does not get the type of publicity that the other areas within the disaster response community get. That's a challenge that we have. Doesn't mean that we should stop doing it, but it does mean that we need to go about 
thinking how we can work in a different way so that individuals will be uh, assured that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is serving in their community. Like I said, we are there. It's just that the type of work that we have historically specialized in is not the sexy work, if I can use that word uh, uh, guardedly. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. (laughs) So, so, so Mark, just kind of following up with you on that question, I want to know if you've run into this. So, and I know I have. I remember I was pastoring a church at one point. It was a collegiate church, and and things would happen. And and those young people, they 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 didn't want to be in the warehouse. They they wanted to be out in the streets, you know, doing stuff. And I'm in Florida, so there's hurricanes. They wanted to go and cut down some trees, clear some stuff, help people. You know, Um, they wanted to get in those boats and and go rescue people off of rooftops. That's the kind of a you know mindset. And 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 they're being told by you know our upper echelons, no, we can't do that because our writer, our insurance is not going to cover us to do that because we're in this agreement that Derek just talked mm-hmm. to us about. Have you ever run into that? What's been the the response? Is the, do we do we uh do, is there a way around it? What do we do? <laughs> what 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 do we do when our people really want to do more than just warehousing? And I know Derek just spoke a little bit to that, but I, and I'm going to come right back to you on that Derek as well. But Mark, wh- wh- how do how do you position yourself to that uh, interest, particularly by our young folk. Well, I mean, you know, you guys are you guys are starting to talk about stuff that you know I wasn't even born yet when it was happening. Come on, I like it. I like but, it. Um, <laughs> but listen, the 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 area that I can speak on, okay? Because honestly, that's the first time I ever heard of it, and you know that's why we brought people like Derek Lee on board, man, because he's gonna help solve solve that problem, okay? Yeah, but let that. me tell you, we don't have issues in our local church and being what I would say relevant and serving at, at a very, very, you know, uh, in, in a very impactful way, uh, especially here, you know, in Kansas city and in the pandemic. So, you know, we haven't had those issues. Um, but you know, I think, I think we're talking about two different things here right now in terms of, you know, publicity and whatnot, because let me tell you, and Pastor Roger Wade knows this, we didn't, we didn't have no problem with publicity out here, man. The news kept coming out. They was coming out every week for seven, eight, eight weeks in a row. I didn't know if you were channel four, channel eight, channel 12, if you were CNN or Fox. And it got to a point, it was like, Hey, just come on in, you know, try not to get in the way. Shoot what you need, and we'll we'll watch it tonight when we get home. Amen. So, but, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, one of the things. I, I, and, and thank you for praying. I saw people praying about my technology. I'm now on an iPad oh, <laughs> to get this thing going. But but listen, guys, um, I am excited to hear this because um, a, 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 one of the young ministries that we have in our church is the Pathfinder Ministry. And the Pathfinder yeah. Ministry is known to be involved in the community 
um, giving stuff away. One of the biggest programs that the Pathfinders do, which is a community service program, is um, the, cat, I, I forgot how they name it, but it's like around Halloween, they will go into the community and collect cans to give off, put in the food baskets to give away. Uh, and so the Pathfinders are known to be out in the street, but they're not really looking for publicity. But But you are correct. We don't hear about um, our church being out there. And I don't know if it's because the news is not doing it, but I don't think we tell our own story. I don't wow. think we tell Amen. our story Amen. enough Amen. to let the, the members know this is what's happening. Now, many times while I served in mid-America, um, my wife does a family uh, worship call. And, and so because I share with her what's going on, she's able to share with her brothers and sisters. And they are so excited to know that the church is out there involved. I think we just don't tell our story in letting people know how we are serving in our communities. Roger, Roger, if I, if I could piggyback up on what you said, you know, when I met Roger Wade, Wade for the first time, I think it was back in 2014 or, or 13 even. But one of the things, I was a principal at the time and I was an educator as well with a group of eighth and ninth graders. And in reference to what you were talking about, they don't know what's going on if you don't tell them. And one mm -hmm. of the classes that I was teaching was how, you know, it was an English class. But one of the things that we we intentionally taught our students was how to do press releases, how to write a press release. And all you do, I I wouldn't even make the phone call. I would we would email, we'd just jump online, we'd look at all the news channels and who would who could receive these emails, the press release that my students would write. We'd go through a draft, a first draft, second draft, and then final draft. We'd send it out there and then they would call and they'd want to know more about it. And next thing you you know, they would come out and do a piece on that. And, you know, when we initially uh, had people coming here to interview us at the church, um, we had to write a press release. We had to mm. we wanted to let them know, hey, two things. One, could you help us spread the word that this is a place that folks in the community can come and receive food, those with food insecurities. And number two, this place has been considered and deemed essential in the community. We want to let folks know that they can come here and not, and naturally all the news networks, uh, outlets jumped on board with that. And they came out, like I said, seven, eight weeks straight, you know, in the mm -hmm. peak of the pandemic. And so they just, you know, naturally we received the coverage. Uh, we wanted to let people know that they could come there as a resource, but on the other side of things, we also let people know, hey, the the Seventh-day Adventist Church is working Amen. and active in this community. That's Amen. awesome. Listen, Amen. I got one awesome. follow-up I'd like to do with that um, um, to Derek. So we've we've talked about, you know, tooting our own horn, I think, or, or, or you know, not tooting our, but they, it comes across sometimes to some like that if we publicize it ourselves. Right. Yes. Um, yes. If, if we what's the value? How do you counter that? So we're if it's, it's an issue of we're patting ourselves on the back and people will say, oh, that's just egotistical. That's just trying to, no. you know, pump yourself up or gas your own head up. What is there a value, a pragmatic value to publicizing it and letting our people know what's happening? Well, I think there is. And one of the 
values to that is letting individuals know what has been done by Adventist Community Services, by our membership, encourages our membership to do more. Wow. That's yeah. our hope. So let me give you an example. Uh, last month, I think it was, we had that building collapse down in your area. That's right. Uh, uh, what was it? Surf City. Surf, Surfside. Surf, Surfside. Yep. Surfside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, did you know that Adventist Community Services was on the scene of that ah. event for close to three weeks wow. where Come we had now. emotional and spiritual care providers? I saw yes. somebody mention in the chat. Um, mental health. Mental, And we provided two teams of emotional and spiritual care providers that were specially requested by the Red Cross because of the service that they were providing right there to families of those affected uh, and actually killed by that building collapse. Then they opened another, a second shelter uh, because of a neighboring building. They called us back out. They called me on Sabbath. And uh, I was in church service and uh, they said, hey, we've got another building that's going to close. Can you send another team? And we sent a second team down there to service individuals that had been affected by that building collapse. That's meeting a need of the community. And we were able to meet that need because we had trained people before the event. So Mm -hmm. that once the event happened, we were able to help people in their time of need. Identifying needs of your community is part of the challenge. I think it's something we can do. Pastor Mark, it sounds like he has identified a need in that community. He is now meeting that need. And now they're beating down the doors trying to get at him. You know, we need to figure out what those needs are. And the fact that our young people are asking us to do that means we haven't done our job in my mind. And I'm talking throughout the North American division. Some of our local communities are doing that. Some of our local churches are doing that. Sounds like Pastor Mark is doing that. We need more of our local churches to do just that. Uh, Derek, I want to go go ahead, Mark. Yeah, no, I just I just wanted to piggyback on what what you guys are talking about there. I think, you know, it's it's it is a very fine line where. Are we patting ourselves on our back? Are we just trying to get publicity? I think I think the approach is, is very important. I think like, for example, we just hit, uh, just about a month ago, we, we hit 1 million pounds of food served, right? Amen. So what I, what, what I did was, you know, when we created the video and we sent it out, we let the church members know. What we did was, the way we framed it was, Number one, guys, we just want to thank all of the volunteers that came out and partnered with us. We identify some of these organizations that came during those first six months to help us serve this one million pounds. So we want to recognize them. We want to thank them and we want to thank the volunteers. And so we took that opportunity to recognize these folks. And I think that as a result of that, I think people put two plus two together and say, hey, those folks are doing a good thing for this community. Our purpose of publicizing is saying, we wanna thank the people that made this happen, this this group from this community and these other groups. And, And we are also saying to the rest of you, if you'd like to partner up with us so we can continue to serve this community, here's here's our number, join us. And so that's how we always try to frame it, you know, so it doesn't look like you're patting yourself on the back, tooting your own own horn. That will just happen 
because if you're doing work, it will happen. Yeah. But Pastor, also, I, I want to say this. By, by doing that also, you're encouraging other institutions and other agencies to do the same Amen. thing. Right. This is brilliant. Look, yeah. Pastor, yeah. what you're doing there in Kansas City is amazing. And if I'm a local pastor and I'm looking at what you're doing and I'm able to connect with you, if I'm listening right now on the round table, I'm like, wait a minute, I can write Talk my own me. press release. I can I can go out and, and tell the news and tell, how do I do it? How do I do it? I'm calling Pastor Mark and Pastor Mark is telling me how to do it. Therefore, now we have a powerful agency in Kansas City. We have a powerful agency in Chicago. We have a powerful agency all over this world because we're hearing what God is doing in Kansas City. Amazing. Hey, awesome, awesome. Amen. And think about it this way. Um, Derek, when when you decided, and I'm going to make up a, I'm going to make up your life story right now. Um, you were a little boy watching the television, and you saw a, a clip about a firefighter, and that firefighter was doing an awesome job, and he was saving lives and making a difference and changing the world. And how somebody was telling that story planted a dream in the heart of a little boy who one day would grow up and follow in the footsteps of doing that which he saw as he heroes doing. When we tell that those stories about the work that we're doing, changing lives and, and transforming communities and making a difference, our children see those things and it implants in them a desire to want Amen. to say, hey, I can be in a position to be able to change the world just by being a volunteer in my local church community service um, thing. So yeah, keep Amen. on tooting Amen. those horns. Keep on, you know, making sure that people know what What's happening? I'm sorry, Pastor Wade. I cut you off, man. <laughs> go that's go right, for it. Right. Listen, man, we have been in the middle of a pandemic. We have been uh, for almost 15 months. We've been well now we're kind of do we open? Do we close? What do we do? How do we make it? But at the beginning of this thing, we were told not to go anywhere. We were told not to travel. We were told uh, be careful when you're out there. Um, but Pastor Mark, there was something you were doing on a regular basis, maybe even low-key a little bit, before it blossomed into the dynamic ministry that we now know as the pantry there in at the New Haven Church. Share a little bit about how it got started. What, what were some of the things you did? What were some of the challenges? And what are some of the things you did to get that ministry to the point where it is famous now, I guess? No, listen, so... That's that's funny that you say that, you know, let me just start by saying, you know, all of us think about it, even those who are on this panel right now around the pastor's round table, uh, most of us, you know, there was always somebody who came before us. Right. And I think that's very key to recognize that when I came here and I'm coming up on three years at this local church, there were pastors before me. There were visionaries before me. There were church members who had a passion. And guess what they did, man? They started this little food pantry in this little closet, a can here wow. with some beans here and some pasta here. And this pastor, Shonda Nunez, who is now the senior pastor at, uh, at, at PUC University. Uh, yep. She, she, she helped start this thing, man. And it just started off with a little bag here and a little bag there. And what happened was, is that the, it just was growing slowly and slowly and slowly. And so what happened, who, whoever knows why God moves us 
where he moves us. But when I came here, I had no idea what I was doing here in the middle of Kansas. Come on, somebody. And when I got here, man, listen, we I thought it was cornfields and sunflowers. Wow. And what I found out was a lot more than that. And so we were serving probably about 300 people a week uh, uh, prior to the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, man, think about all the people that came before me, right? When the pandemic hit and everyone was ordered to shut down except for essential businesses, right? <laughs> we didn't know oh, no. that we were an essential business. We had How no idea. <laughs> so we made a phone call to the city and they were swamped with everything. They didn't get back to us. So we waited a day and our Tuesday was coming and we waited a day and they called us back and they checked this out, man. They said to us, we asked them, are we essential? We want to know, we want to follow the guidelines that you have, you know, put out there for the people in this state, in the country. And they looked at us and they say, listen, you are essential. You are essential in this community. And I was thinking only 300 people. After that phone call and we served in the next following week, it went from 300 to 3,000 people we were wow. serving. Wow. You know? and, wow. and, and so it is wow. an amazing thing that I give credit to all of the people before, obviously our volunteers. And Derek, you don't know this, but you should know this. Brother, at that point in time, we then connected with Adventist Community Services. And mm. it was at that point also Roger Wade, who was who was the director of that here at the Mid-America Union, connected us, sent us some financial resources. And it was one of those things, guys, if I could say, because most volunteer food pantries are ran by uh, retirees, those were the at-risk folks at the time, That's right. right? We didn't know a whole lot about it. So they all had to go home. And so when all the other pantries shut down, we had a quick meeting with my team. And I said, what do y'all want to do? They said, we're going to lose 95% of our volunteer base. I said, so what do you guys want to do? They said, well, Pastor, what do you want to do? I said, man, let's pray about this. They already mm. said we're essential. We should stay open and let me put a call out to our young people who at the mm -hmm. time we knew were not so at risk. And so mm -hmm. obviously they were already in school uh, online. So they had free time. We put the call out there and they came out like an army, man. And so it was just crazy. The neighborhood was filled. The police came out. Pastor, what's going on? I said, I don't know. Can you call these people and tell them they're blocking all of the, <laughs> the, the intersection? I said, I don't even know where these people are coming from. And so they said, you know, let us help you. And so we sat down and worked with the city. And that's just kind of where we at, man. You get me pumped up. and But I do want to say, man, Adventist Community Services came right alongside us to support Amen. us financially, financially, and also just people that who were professionals, people who knew how to do this and to respond in a disaster. They guided us along the way as well. Service people wow. problems. Love it. Love it. Love it. Wow. And I have to I have to be honest with you. I, I had an experience. I experienced it for myself with my eyes. 
Uh, I rolled up there one Tuesday. I think you did it every Tuesday. And the line was around the corner, down mm. the bend, in between. The, my, my, uh, my. Pastor Mark and his team had this drive-by. They just come through the line, got the stuff popped in. Young people were there giving. I talked to a grandfather who said, I, I heard about this. And I, and I told my grandson, let's go. And so hmm. generations were out there giving, serving every That's single beautiful. week. And it just got, it just got, it was just tremendous to see the church in action, to see the church. And yeah. even the conference president made it a regular stop every single week to be Good. there to be a service to God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yep. seeing That's some right. some some very interesting questions popping up in the chat here. Um, I know these uh, so, but before we jump to those questions, I, I I do think we want to do that. But I do know we need to before we do reset. the uh, the, the reset. But I wanted to yeah. ask uh, Derek Derek Lee, what was some of the other? We know what was happening in Kansas City, and we're excited what God did there. But what were some of the other areas that you can share? I know that had um, a major impact during the pandemic. Sure. Well, you know, unfortunately, disasters were still taking place during the uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, as you know, we had those historic uh, wildfires out yeah. in um, Oregon and Washington State and even California that uh, just devastated com uh, uh, completely communities. And just to let you know, um, Adventist Community Services opened shelters uh, when people were forced out of their homes because of uh, uh, those wildfires that were ravaging communities out there. Uh, uh, we had that had uh, over 700 people Let's in it. Uh, I just want you to imagine that, if you would. Uh, that was uh, our uh, 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 Upper Columbia Conference uh, that uh, opened a shelter uh, that had people in it for uh, days, uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, we had a shelter open there. And that was during the pandemic. That was during the heart of the pandemic when uh, we weren't sure that it was safe for our people to work. And uh, many of them still showed up on a regular basis and uh, housed individuals that could no longer uh, be in their homes. Uh, we also opened uh, warehouses and distribution uh, sites uh, at various spots uh, in Oregon. Uh, the state asked us to uh, do that and we were able to meet the needs of a community even during a pandemic that was experiencing a crisis event. Uh, Louisiana, had an issue as well. Uh, we opened uh, some distribution sites up during some uh, flooding that they had that took place during the middle of the pandemic. And so uh, these events continue to happen and we continue to respond to the needs of the community with Adventist Community Services personnel that were working during the heart of this uh, situation that took place uh, during the pandemic. Obviously, the food pantries that I mentioned to you, over 1,500 of them kept serving the communities, which included uh, 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 the good pastor here that told you about the good work that continued to go on. That was happening all over the North American division, maybe not to the degree that uh, he was able to uh, help the community, but we had uh, uh, pantries all over the North American division that was able to continue serving the needs of the community. I would see some of the lines and they would have people just waiting for the food that we had. And we don't do this alone. Uh, we partnered up with Feeding America. That's how we were able 
to get food to our food pantries that were able to service the the community. So again, we're we're not totally silent. Uh, We may not be getting all the the publicity that uh, uh, perhaps we think we should, but let me tell you something. We're serving real people in real communities that have real needs. And we think that's exactly what God would have us do. That's awesome. Mm. Derek, share, share a little bit about what yeah, happened in New York. Not only was it food that they were giving out, but they also provided um, uh, COVID testing, if I'm not yes, mistaken. We did. Yes, services. we did. Some, yeah. some, of our, some of our food pantries, uh, we had a couple of conferences, uh, Northeastern Conference, Greater New York Conference, that actually housed uh, 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 vaccine sites. Uh, the city knew that the people were coming to our food pantry. So they reached out to us and said, hey, look, would you be interested in partnering with us in uh, serving the community as far as testing is concerned? We had testing going on in New Orleans. We had testing going on in uh, Dallas, Texas, of all places. We had testing going on all over the North American division. We had vaccinations that were given all over the North American division at our Adventist Community Services sites where people were getting food in addition to some of the other things that we had. We had PPE was given out, uh, uh, hand sanitizer, face mask, all of this was given to us by our federal government and we pushed it out through our food pantries for the people to use. And so we had some good things going on during the middle of a crisis event. Yeah, let me let me say this, and I know we're going to the next segment, but there's a lot of good questions coming up on the chat. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. We, we got to take some time just to address some of these things here. Yeah. Um, dealing with the um, Adventist Community Services, I'm I'm looking at this. You know, we're giving away food during the pandemic. My church did the same thing too. Now we get food from different agencies, right? Are you uh, see, Cindy? Cindy Paul has <laughs> this question. I like it. Oh, okay. Are you All selective? Right. All right. Are you selective in what type of foods you serve to the community? I'm going to come to uh, anyone who wants to get out that question. I don't want to put anybody out there, but are you selective? We, we, we serve food that people can eat. Is that is that is okay. is, is that uh, selective enough? Is that selective enough? You're gonna have to ask the viewer that question. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> okay, okay, hey, yeah, yeah. So so let yeah. let let's keep going though because there are a couple others that they're dealing with yeah. some very relevant other issues. Sure. So we've seen ones like we just had up um, from Wu Wu saying what was or is our role in the crisis at the border seemed like a great chance to minister to people looking for refuge. We saw other questions that had to deal with the housing crisis um, and the moratoriums on, on rent. And uh, are, Do we have a role to play in either of those situations? Sure, and I appreciate that question. And obviously, that's an extremely serious issue. Uh, just to let you know, as uh, individuals have been coming across the border, Uh, We have been involved in that. Uh, We've actually mentioned to you warehousing, that warehousing piece. We've actually been going and taking clothing, Mm. and I'm talking tractor trailer loads of clothing to the border uh, at the request of uh, the various states that are there because they know that we have access to the clothing. So, again, we know that they have a lot of needs. We also know that we can't fill all of them, but there is a slice 
uh, that we can take that pie. And that is exactly what we've been doing. We've been uh, taking some of the goods that we have in some of these warehouses to the border. And the people that come across the border have actually been getting those items. Uh, uh, clothing is the primary need that they have because many of them, all they have is uh, the clothes on their back. And, uh, and so going there with those type of items is something that is extremely beneficial to them uh, as they come across the border. And so that is something that uh, we are doing. I will tell you, however, and we know that the situation in Afghanistan is going to have a very real effect uh, within, within, our, or within, our, within our country. And uh, we have been meeting with some of the other ministries trying to figure out what can we do. And I have a meeting on Monday morning to be talking with this uh, about this issue and trying to put a plan of action as to what can we do and how do we respond as a church to these individuals that are going to be coming into our local communities. That's a conversation that uh, uh, we have begun and uh, we'll continue on Monday morning. As soon as I get back to the office, uh, we're gonna be meeting and uh, trying to decide how we put a plan of action together for that issue. It, it sounds like that's in the preliminary stages, but, but is there, can you articulate anything that you guys anticipate might be some needs that, that you will um, need to help fill for those individuals? Sure. And and one of those needs is going to be uh, something as simple as uh, housing for those individuals. Are you where are they going to stay uh, after the initial phase? Uh, there are a number of organizations out there that uh, help them when they first come across uh, the border. Uh, but it's that long term uh, uh, need that uh, is, is not not as easily filled. And uh, perhaps we can be a part of that. Uh, continuing conversation. We have a uh, department of uh, refugee ministries that uh, that's who we're going to be uh, working with and uh, meeting with on Monday morning. And the hope is, is that we can come up with uh, a plan of action that is based on the information that they already have because they work with these communities on a regular basis. And uh, that's what we hope to benefit from uh, Adventist Community Services is the information that they have. And that's why we're meeting with them so we can take advantage of identifying exactly what those needs are and how can we be a part of meeting some of those needs. Great. Dan so so be, but let, let me ask this question. Uh, Derek or even Mark can answer this. In terms of as local leaders, Mark, you are a, a local leader on the ground. Uh, we may not, we hear all these things happening in the news, but what can we begin to do as a local church to prepare ourselves for those who come knocking at the door? Because as, mm -hmm. as Derek is in the meetings, um, they're not going to the meetings to say we need help. They come to the local church and knock at the doors. So we have some church leaders who are listening. What, what are some of the things we can do so that we don't seem as if we are deaf to the need that's happening? They're listening right now. What can we tell them to, they can begin with? Yeah, I, I, think, I think Derek is, has hit on a very crucial point here. You're, you know, we're not experts at everything, but when you connect the dots of the resources of of this organization and that organization you know feeding america 
you know, we're connected to Feeding America, you know, for sure. That's who supplies our food to the local food bank in Kansas City. And then we are a food pantry that connects to them, you know. And so one of the things that, you know, we experienced, especially during the pandemic, you know, we, we had homeless people that we housed for five months in our, in our church. Um, but it wasn't just any group of people because you can just imagine our, our church members freaking out that we just going to open the doors and just let people in. They're going to damage this and damage wow. that and you this. And are they being safe? So what we have done, and Derek, Lee, Derek has alluded to this, you partner with groups of people that are already doing these things. And what you do is you say, hey, what can we do to help you during this time? Well, we had already been involved in this organization, Homeless Network, IHN. And so they said, hey, listen, all the other churches are shut down and families would come and they would stay a week and then they would go to another uh, church uh, location. They'd stay another week. And so they would stay there and they would receive, uh, they would go to work, they would receive type of social services. And so what we were able to do is they said, hey, all the other churches have shut down. These people have nowhere to go. We said, hey, well, let us partner up with you. We're going to get a food train going. We're going to feed these people. And for five months, we had homeless families living in our uninhabited church, so to speak, wow. right? But, but we could only do that because we partnered up with other organizations. So that's what I would say to you is you don't have to be an expert at everything. You just got to have an open heart to serve the community. And then you reach out to those other uh, organizations that do different types of things, you know? Yeah, I want to I, I want to agree with exactly what he said. And one of the one of the benefits of partnership, and I'll just give you a, a quick example, uh, uh, DOT Foods heard about some of the work that we were doing at our food pantries. And through uh, 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 contacts, they reached out to us and said, hey, can, would you mind working with us uh, as it relates to the work that you all do? And they ended up donating to us over a million dollars worth of food that they gave to us free of charge. We didn't pay them wow. anything. Then, then wow. uh, uh, Uber Transportation, heard about the work that we were doing, and they said, hey, look, would you mind partnering with us and allowing us to transport that food? Wow. And they trans and if you know anything about transportation costs during the pandemic, it has been outrageous. They ended up donating to us free of charge over a million dollars worth of transportation costs that our food that we got donated to us free of charge was able to be transported free of Mercy. charge get to some of those food pantries do it again. that were able to serve that local community. That was partnerships. <laughs> we couldn't do that by ourselves. Could not do it by wow. ourselves. Wow. I, awesome. I love this. Listen, there, there's a theme. There's a theme yeah. that's going across right now. And the theme is partnership. Yeah. Can't do it alone. And I'm looking at the chat. I see Pastor Tony Taylor. He's saying partnering is such a blessing. Yeah. 
Medford, Florida. Mark has partnered with Advent Health since 2020, and they're feeding a lot of people with some assistance from Advent Health. Partnering, powerful thing. I want to ask this question. So how do we gain these partners, right? How do we do it? I mean, most of our uh, churches, what we have, we have the food pantry, but how do we go beyond it? Mark, talk to me. How do we, how do we join in with other people? How do we are just going to twiddle our thumb and just look? How do we do it? How do we do it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think number one, it, you have to start, right? You just Amen. have to start some. You have to start somewhere. Not everybody can just jump to this level. This was ten years in the making, and let me tell you something. You may not even see the end of this story. Whoever is starting today, you you know, you're building a future for a generation of workers that God is preparing that will take this work forward. And so, hey, listen, man, I got a praise for y'all. Speaking of partnership, we were doing so much serving. There was a, a, a disaster that happened in our community of Kansas City. Uh, the homeless community were getting pushed around from the places they were used to, you know, hanging out in the park and these these pieces of land. So they got pushed out and around. They got so fed up with that. They went to City Hall. They stood there. They protested. The city responded and said, all right, for the next 90 days, we're going to yes. put, and they put 500 people in hotels, homeless mm. folks, right? Ooh. But what they did not think about, and, and they were giving them social services, counseling, addiction, recovery programs. I mean, but they found that it was a lot easier to get to them because now they knew where these homeless people are mm. and come on somebody. And guess what they figured out and they didn't realize after just the first day, where are these people going to eat? Where are they going to get any food? They, our partners reached out to us and they said, hey, listen, there's a group of people here. I said, we've been following. They said, can you serve these hotels? So the 12 hotels that they put the 500 people in, we served eight of those hotels, man. Wow. And let me tell you, our brother, uh, uh, Pastor Joseph Eichner from the Linwood Church, I'm talking you know, black churches, white churches, multicultural Amen. churches, non-religious uh, non, uh, non organizations. They all came together. Listen, here's, here's, the, here's the miracle of it all. We started serving all of the food, right? But we had to figure out how to transport some of these food. So KCATA is the city bus, the organization that provides city buses <laughs> to the city. They said, hey, we'll let y'all use some of our buses that we're not using, all right. especially during now. this time. So yes. they started filling these buses and loading stuff up. Well, guess what? I was over there with my people, and I looked, and I said, hey, man, what we got to do to get one of these buses for our food pantry? Well, what <laughs> would you do with it? I said, just because when these 90 days are over and these people uh -huh. go out in the street, uh -huh. we need to be mobile and ready. Yeah. So guess what we picked? Guess what we picked up last week? Uh, a 40-foot uh, bus. That's hey, what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Hey, yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the big kicker. You guys ready for this? We 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 put out a proposal. We we called up Advent Health that is right down the street. Uh -huh. We say, hey, we're gonna we we would love for you to partner with us. 
We're going to put a wrap of your logo on here. And guess what's <laughs> holding us up right now, Derek Lee? There is a proposal that is sitting on your desk. We are waiting to hear back from Derek. <laughs> Once that bad boy comes through, come on. We're ready to serve this community, sir. Let's Woo! get it. <laughs> that is noted. That is noted. That is noted. Hey, you have the question. Like you got work to do. <laughs> there, there, there's no question about it. And it, it, I, I will tell you, I have heard about it's it. Recorded. It is on the desk. He said it. We're going we're gonna to take care of it. We're going to take care of it. The one thing I want to say, and you asked the question. I thought it was a, a, an important question. You said, how do you get these partnerships? Look. It's about relationships. Go out yeah. and talk to people. Mm -hmm. Go out and talk yeah. to people. Yeah. And, yes. and it, with, with, with no intent other than to yeah. serve. That's, That's right. the yes. only thing that you should have as an intent. And then let that develop the relationship yes. so that when an opportunity comes up, you're able to be right there and take advantage of it. Yeah, right there. Yes, sir. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. And what you're saying is so true. I mean, just talking to identifying people that are doing stuff in the community. If you go and talk with them, they will give Amen. you contacts. They will, yes, and they when will. you go to those contacts, there'll be more contacts. We're experiencing yes, it here right in Altamont Springs. So I am 100% with you on the, developing that relationship. Powerful, powerful. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Pass them off you. Yeah, yeah, just a last tiny little bit because I'm sure there are people on here um, that are listening. But one of the things that has taken us to the next level is writing these proposals, right? Because now we know and we found out that there are organizations out there that want to donate to a worthy cause. And so what we have started doing as part of our, you know, what we do is we grant write. And we wrote grants in 2020. Um, we served 1.9 million pounds of food for the for the year of 2020. We talk about those things, and then we just, you know, we get 5,000 here, 6,000 here, 8,000 here, 3,000, 1,500, and all of that adds up to allow you to continue to serve. So, you know, the grant writing is another piece that we've been able to capture in helping oh, us grow. And so, again, we're just waiting on that piece because it's sitting on Derek Lee's desk. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> listen, listen right. I know we got to go. I, I know we got to go. Uh, Pastor Paul, I know this was your question, but I think the segue, they kind of broke yeah. into it. But, but you know, we, we when we're in the community service arena and we're giving away the food, sometimes the rest of the church is saying, what about, how is that? gospel related? How do you propagate the gospel? Some people want to bring them in and, and preach to them and do all these things that, that, that helps to make them feel good that they're sharing the gospel. Uh, share with us a little bit. I, I know, Mark, you can share a little bit on this too. What are some of the ways that you see what you're doing in community service as a way of sharing the gospel directly? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, our church recognizes that we have thousands of people that come through our line every Tuesday, and we just do it in under an hour's worth of time. You know, right now we're serving about, you know, 1,200 to, to 2,000 people on a weekly basis right now. But what we have found is that we let them know what we have to offer to bring them, you know, we have uh, 
hot breakfast, for example, our church, there's a Sabbath school that, that's over here. There's, there's two Sabbath schools that serve hot breakfast. Would you like to have a hot breakfast on Saturday mornings at 930? You can come on through, no questions asked, wear what you want. You can get a hot breakfast. Well, and then it just, and, and you know, we, you know, we don't even have to say the words. The people know that because that you have filled a need for them, you know, they want to know more about you. Well, how do they get to know more about you? Listen, don't let me tell you about it. Come on over and visit us. So we have people that that we have served, people that are volunteers. Listen, here's the other thing. 80% of our volunteers are from the community that wow. make this happen mm, wow. every week. Mm, so great. it's that's not great. it's not even just us. We have fully partnered with everybody and they know, you know, and 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 I always say, "Hey, I I know you may not want to, but it, it just wanted you to know I'm preaching a couple Sabbaths from now. Why don't you come on through, get a hot breakfast? I would love to just welcome your family in. And we have families that come in every week, you know? And so that's just what we do. And then guess what? This is where the local church, where you're begging the local church, the members, please be nice to our people. And you know what? We don't even, we don't even have to say that at the New Haven Church. That's what we about. They just come in. People are inviting them to their homes, taking them in. And 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 man, you you guys already know. I'm gonna stop. But that's just it, it, you know, I'm not gonna talk about Jesus. We just gonna do what Jesus called us to do. Let that there be you go. All the message uh, out here. That's good. That's deep. That's deep. Yes, sir. You, you, you dropped some 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 heavy stuff there because I yes, know for a fact that there are and I want to back up and I know we're running out of time, but there are a lot of churches that are saying all I've got here are, are pastors even or community service leaders who are saying I'm in this food pantry every week all by myself. I can't get my my team to show up. I feel like I'm doing it all alone. Um, and so many of our community service leaders get burnout. Um, they feel like they've been put out and left on their own. They don't have resources. They don't have hands and feet and, you know, to help to set up for the food. And so, yeah. you know, after the first four or five months, pastors are getting that call saying, look, I quit. I resign. I give up because I'm doing it by myself but you just threw something out there mark that was huge when you said 80 percent of your volunteers say that one more time i I think our folk need to hear that man 80 percent of our volunteers are from the community (laughs) they're not seventh day adventists amen only know about us uh, they only come to our church on Tuesdays on that day when we serve. And actually, they 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 come throughout all the weeks Amen. because we got bread Hold coming up. in from Panera so, and all of that. So you saying everything. you don't have to be baptized to hand somebody a sandwich? What? Come on now. Apparently not. Apparently the not. The nominating apparently committee not. doesn't have to vote you in to be able to give somebody a cup of hot soup. What? What? You can you so, can yeah, be wearing but, some earrings and yeah. give somebody a, 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 a something to drink and some fresh <laughs> fresh uh, produce. What? Man, come come as you are. We are just so happy Mercy. that you're here to partner up with us. And you know, here's the thing you guys also think about, right? It's like when you see families or people that are volunteering, 
you almost guarantee they have children. Hey, man, let me tell you about mm. some of the children's programs that we have. You know, yes, and, and, sir. you know, come and get a hot breakfast. And here's yes. what I how I always say. Drop off your kid over there at this, we call it Sabbath school. Others would know it as Sunday school. And why don't you go ahead and take a break in one of the rooms, eat your breakfast, let them take care of your kids for an hour. And then, hey, you know, and, and we mm-hmm. have people who do that, you know, but yeah, uh, and then as their kids love it, we know this. If you want to reach the parents, sometimes you just got to go through the kids. It is a very right. effective way right. to minister <laughs> I love to them, it. right? So there you I go. Love it. Listen, you were you were dropping some heavy heavy nuggets. Listen, we gotta yes, we have you come back on and talk a little bit about grant writing, but we're not. Gonna no, it's gonna cost day. y'all. It's gonna cost <laughs> y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we're friends, man. Come I like this so, guy. So listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we we, we want to go now to um, the, the director here, um, Derek Lee. Let, let me ask you this: What resources does your department provide? to the local church Adventist Community Services. Sure. And how can the local leader gain access to those resources? All they have to do, we have a system in place, get in touch with their ACS director, conference director. That will open the doors of the resources that we have. Uh, You want to apply for a grant, you go through your conference director. You want to get some training, you go through your conference director. All of those resources, the doors are open through your conference director. And so I would highly encourage you to reach out. If you don't have an ACS in your local church, start one. You be that director Mm -hmm. that starts one in your local church. That will give you entry into your conference ACS team, which gives you entrance to the whole entire Adventist Community Services with the North American Division. And we have resources that we want to link you up with, but we need you to open the door and come on in. Man, listen, I, I've enjoyed this program today. I've enjoyed listening. I, I've gotten so, so much um, knowledge from this. Thank you so much for coming on. I think, we, I don't, I think we're out of question, out of time. But thank you, Director Derek Lee. Man, listen, you are you are what we need in a time like this. That's right. Somebody that's passionate, and you just took the torch on and and just carried that same passion that was in this services. So we praise God for you. And Mark, listen, yeah. wonderful to see you, man. Listen, your son and my son played on the basketball team, man. And listen, we have that connection <laughs> together. Hey, we want we want a cha- we want a championship. You know what I'm saying? Before we before we get out of here, uh, we saw in the chat someone wanted to get in touch with you, Derek Lee. Is it possible that through the program we can share with them your contact information? Of course. Of course. Hey, give, give yes, him his there. cell phone. Give him their, his cell phone. <laughs> 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 Listen, Derek will answer. Derek will answer. We know that Good for stuff. Do that. Good we stuff. Do that. Derek, you said at the beginning of the program that you are not a pastor. Um, we want you to know, man, when you, you've got a flock that you are shepherding. And, um, and yes, you've, you've got a congregation out here that is praying for you and the responsibility you. that that is yours. And I just want to invite the, the PRT family um, audience, uh, all of our audience to just lift uh, this man up as well as Pastor yes. Mark and the work that he's doing in his Amen. field. Amen. 
um, that God would give them vision, that God would give them resources, that he'd give them strength, that he'd give them everything that they need in order to extend um, the the healing hands uh, of Jesus and the restorative hands of of Jesus Christ. So thank you both so much for what you do. Pastor Wade. Yeah. Well, listen, we again want to thank, I'm, I'm just peak up proud right now. These two gentlemen have been a major part of my ministry and I'm just so thankful that they were here to share with us on the pastor's round table and the information and the inspiration has been truly a blessing. We thank you gentlemen and we look forward to what God is going to do through you to help others um, as, as things go, as things happen, because as you know, things are always happening in our communities.